0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. The
1: triangle formation of the near side, J.D. split out left. They look left, back to throw is Adrian. He could step up and he's going to try to run for the pylon. He's to the five, he lays out, he's in! That's a two-point play for Nebraska, and they tied this game in Champagne at 35 apiece.
0: Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin.
1: Yes, indeed. We're back with the Thursday night show. Glad you've dialed us up here tonight. A lot of Husker football chatter in the next three hours. Practice report coming up in a few minutes. The head coach met with the media after today's walkthrough. We'll hear his thoughts about Khalil Davis being suspended and some other things that were on his mind today. We'll have our Nebraska football coaches hour in hour number two. Defensive line coach Tony Tuioti will be in the house. Looking forward to talking to Coach Tuyoti, first year on the staff. Um, done a great job. That defensive line's played well for the Big Red. So we'll invite you to join us with comments and questions in hour number two. Teddy Greenstein will be here in hour number three, and then we will talk to Oscar Monterosso, who is going to be one of the Spanish broadcasters. It's going to be broadcasting the Huskers game with Northwestern on Saturday. First ever non-English broadcast of a Nebraska game. And it will be aired in Omaha on 97.7 and out in Grand Island on 93.3. Plus, it will be streamed on Huskers.com, the Huskers app. So, looking forward to talking to Oscar. He, along with his broadcast partner, Enrique Morales, also call the Kansas City Chiefs. So, they certainly know their football. And so, we'll talk to Oscar coming up in the third hour of the program. And as always, phone lines are open for you at 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. Good to have Ben back. We had you on assignment I know you love going to Chicago, love seeing all those basketball guys.
2: <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday when I was getting home. I was driving home from the airport, and they're like, oh, how is Chicago? Like, I probably was out in the air, like, in looking out a window at Chicago for maybe 11 minutes <laughs> yesterday. That's how long. I mean, it takes about between 5 and 10 minutes to get from the airport to the Rosemont area, which is where the media day was. And it's basically all interstate. So you're, I mean, you're in the car for maybe. I think I was in the Uber for like five minutes on the way there. Maybe it was like quite double that coming back because of the traffic. But yeah, so I mean, Chicago was great. <laughs> I I really enjoy, really enjoyed my time in the in the windy city. You got deceived people though, media oh, yeah. types. You got yeah. Once co-caries. you're actually there and the event, you know, the events going on, and it goes fast. Oh yeah, compared to the football deal. Yeah, I mean they they cram a lot in a in a short amount of time and. It's funny because usually, uh, usually the th- events and the the, and the players are like so worn out by the end of it. It's just like in hoops, they they cram it all into into one day, and it's funny. Like a couple of the media people were talking about that. You know, Adam Rittenberg was there yesterday. It's like not quite like football, is it? You know, just just how fast it is. So. Yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's, it's efficient, and, and usually everybody, all the media, you know, get there and, and get what they need, and, you know, it's relatively quick. Enjoyed your interview with Cam Mack? Bright
1: young guy and sounds like pretty good basketball player too.
2: Quite a story, you know. Um, you know, coming from, uh, you know, out of high school and, and, and ending up at Stephen F. Austin, you know, many people will remember that great team they had a few years back. That I think they were a twelve seed in the tournament that year and, and were a really good team um you know it didn't work out there and he transferred to salt lake and you know you heard in the interview I'm, i was intrigued you know we've heard a lot about junior college football what 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 is junior college basketball like and it's got the same vibe you know everybody's there and they know they have a very limited amount of time and every game you don't you don't take any game for granted because of who might be watching and what what potential you might have for uh you know to go pl- a chance to go play somewhere after your time there and uh, you know, was committed to St. John's and, and Coach Massey and then Coach Boltz for Nebraska, and then everything changed for him. And um, But th- that relationship won out, and he ended up in Nebraska.
1: Well, I know Fred Hoiberg, excited to have him a part of this Husker team. Again, Nebraska, we did also learn yesterday that the super secret scrimmage is later this month at Wichita State. I believe it's the 26th. And then they'll have their exhibition game with Doan on the 30th. And off they go on November 5th to start the basketball season. We'll be covered it throughout the month as well. Good to have Ben back. did a great job in Chicago yesterday. There was some future football scheduling news that came out today for Nebraska. They have completed their 2023 non-conference schedule with the addition of Louisiana Tech. Uh, they will be a part of that non-conference schedule along with Northern Illinois and Colorado uh, in 2023. The Huskers' home games will be La Tech and Northern Illinois. They will go to Colorado in 2023. Northern Illinois also was supposed to come here in 2021. That matchup, though, has been moved to 2027. And so Nebraska has an opening in their schedule in two years, so they're gonna. I'm sure they've been on the horn, Bob Burton and the like, over there, the athletic department, probably been buzzing some phone lines to try to find an opponent to fill the spot of Northern Illinois in 2021. They're not dumping Nebraska; they just they moved it down the road six years to 2027 for another part of the contract with the Huskies, who certainly are a formidable matchup that came here one a couple of years ago. Uh, so. We uh, that came out today, but Nebraska now one short of a game in 2021. Uh, we're going to hear from Coach Frost here in a little bit. He did he did get asked about the Khalil Davis suspension, that came out yesterday, Ben. And I, I'll be honest with you, I that, I, I didn't see that coming because I didn't I didn't see the play happen. I didn't see really any chatter on message boards, on our show, on Twitter about it at all, and then here it came down the pike from the league saying he's suspended for a game, and Nebraska apparently saw what the league saw. As they really didn't push back on it, but I did not see that thing coming yesterday.
2: I, I didn't see a suspension coming, but I did notice during the game things were getting awfully chippy with the Davis brothers and, and Ohio State's O-line. There was about four or five PATs where there was extracurricular stuff going on where they were involved, you know, shoving and – and pushing and uh, and obviously words exchanged. And I even recall after one of them, the officials coming to Nebraska's sideline and saying, You know, I, I, I watched it all happen and then I knew the officials had had enough and they walked over to uh, to the Nebraska s- sideline and, and basically warned them. And I think on the very next one, it was Khalil that got an unsportsmanlike PAT. Uh, so if I expected anything to happen, I expected it to be as a result from one of those point after incidents um I had I never would have picked it up during that play that that something had happened but I can't say I'm surprised that that wasn't typical to see that amount of extracurricular uh, things happening after after whistles both after PATs and You know, apparently after a a play in the first quarter. How much do you think this hurts Nebraska Saturday? Well, it's not good. I mean, Khalil Davis, I think, was Nebraska's leading sack guy and among the leaders in TFL. So, at a a battle that we're expecting on Saturday for it to be defense-led, to have one of your anchors on that D-line out, it's it's not ideal at all. Keem Green,
1: Nate Nice, were. Suggesting last night, I I think you maybe see him play again for the second straight week. He got a few snaps against Ohio State, but with one of your top six out, you would think Keem Green would be a guy that could get it. Uh, Scott Frost did say today that Ben Stilley will get the start in place of Khalil Davis in this game on Saturday. I I I went back today and and watched the Wisconsin-Northwestern game. My goodness, did the Cats play some defense. They held the Badgers to 10 offensive points. And Northwestern took the opening kickoff and drove it down and scored. So there were seven. They only got three points the rest of the game from their offense. The Badgers scored two defensive touchdowns in the game. This defense is gonna really challenge Nebraska on Saturday afternoon.
2: They're a solid unit. I I I ran into our boy Teddy Greenstein yesterday, who I know you're looking forward to talking to here tonight. And and we kinda of talked about this game and and that's what we that's what we talked about. Uh, you know, with this Northwestern defense. Um and and just how solid they are. Patty Fisher is one of the better linebackers in in the conference. Just very skilled, very experienced. Gaziano up front. They're pretty uh, deep up front on the D line, and they're they're just solid quality players. And for what and Teddy and I were talking about this yesterday. For whatever reason, they do an excellent job against Wisconsin every year. They're the only team to have held Jonathan Taylor under 100 yards twice in his career, and they didn't do it on the on the last in the last game. But I think it was like a buck 20 on you know 20 a north of 25 carries. So again, and mo- almost all of that came on the first drive, first drive of the game. So yeah, very good unit, and I'm expecting it to be a tough tough challenge for Nebraska's offense on Saturday.
1: Well, they will definitely be a challenge. They're challenged offensively, as I think everybody has noticed. But I've also said, and look at who they played. They played Stanford, Wisconsin, and Michigan State, three out of their four games. Those are pretty good defenses that they matched up with early in the year so don't fall in the trap and we'll talk about this with tony tuyoti in our number two but you can't husker's defense can't fall in the trap well these guys aren't any good we just got to show up we'll be fine they got to bring it they got to bring it on saturday northwestern's
2: three and one in the stadium since joining the big 10 so yeah they better not be taking them and nebraska's not that good nebraska shouldn't is not good enough to say that about anybody we can take these guys lightly I mean, you have had the the last four or five years of this program that Nebraska's had, you haven't earned the right to say they're not that good against anybody. So, yeah, they, they better bring it on Saturday.
3: Time now to give you a practice report
0: every practice
3: we're gonna work on it every single day until these guys master it
0: all season long
3: there's nothing better as an athlete than being part of something that's bigger than just yourself and I think these guys are starting to feel that and we'll keep building it
0: it's time for a Husker football practice report on sports nightly
2: with J tech construction it's simple when it's time to replace your windows give the official official exterior experts of the Huskers a call for a free no obligation assessment at a media availability today with the head coach scott frost as we do each and every thursday and of course the big news was announced late yesterday well after the members of the media got a chance to talk with the coaches about khalil davis and his one game suspension coach frost addressed the davis situation right out of the
3: chute no you know if we'd have known something was going on during the game we would have handled during the game we had no idea um you know, we don't condone what he did on the field, so I, I support and agree with the decision. Um, he's going to have some internal punishment as well as as the Big Ten suspension. You know, the the only thing I would say, and not a rebuttal, but I, I just want to make sure if that kind of thing happens in any game that it's handled the same way, um, and I'm I'm sure it will be.
2: Uh, I mean, I suppose that you know, you take a look at that play as a coach and. You know, any type of – even in a gray area, you know, you make sure that your team understands that you can't be doing that.
1: You know, I know the media quickly was trying to find the play because the Big Ten and the re- release put exactly what time of the game that it happened, nine eighteen 18 of the first quarter, and everybody's first initial look to the video couldn't see anything. But then when you see Scott Frost release yesterday and then listening to that today, Nebraska saw something too that they agreed with this in. But I also agree with the head coach. Uh, let's call this both ways. It's not that far removed from a year ago, where Colorado clearly had a guy twisting Adrian Martinez's leg under a pile, and and again, that's a different conference. I know that's a Pac-12 school. They didn't do anything about it. I think that's what the subtle kind of comment from Coach Frost about. It. This is fine. He deserves it. Let's make sure that happens to one of two our
2: guys that had the same punishments handed down. Right, and as you said, we didn't see the play. But if there's any kind of Arms being thrown, can't do it, and a punching matter. Whether it's a open hand, close hand, that's that's going to get a suspension. What about the referees? Did they bring up the situation during the game to the coaches?
3: Yeah, the referees told me there was a little extracurricular going on with him. Now that was going on both ways, Uh, but there's a difference between a little shoving after a play and um, and what happened. So, uh, you know, like I said, we we knew the. Uh, they alluded to that something was going on, but we had no idea uh, until we saw the film what had happened. Almost got out of him what happened, and he said what had happened. Kind
2: of got up to the line he, and stopped. He caught it. himself, called a timeout and at the last second. you've spent a lot of – Khalil's a good kid. He is, yeah. And and I've always told, told – and Carlos is too, you know, they're – they're the nicest guys off the field but you know like any competitor you put those pads on and you get those juices flowing I want them to be mean you want them to be nasty now we don't want them crossing any lines and and gaining suspensions but yeah they're definitely different player people when they have the pads on what about the d-line rotation now here's coach frost
3: yeah we'll see um I know Ben Stilley is ready to be the the starter at that position um and he's capable and worked hard and and ready. Um, Beyond that, I think uh, Tony and Coach Jens and I are going to have to talk. DeAndre Thomas has been doing good things for us, and I'm sure he'll take some of the reps, and we'll see beyond that. It's just good that there's some depth there. I mean, that's the only silver
2: lining in this is it comes in a spot where Nebraska does have bodies. Yeah, maybe the deepest position on
1: this football team. And again, how timely is it for all of us? Tony Tuioti is going to be here Yeah, next hour. We'll ask about a lot of this. I'm sure he won't say much more about the incident, but he can maybe talk about some of the other
2: guys in the pipeline and what's kind of coming up. Sure. Uh, What about Northwestern and specifically their discipline? Um, You know, I listened to their press conference. I, I think it was on Monday that that came out. And. You know, they they talk about their scheme defensively. They're very open about it. They don't change it. They've run it for years, and yet it's very effective because of the discipline and because of you know to which degree they run it. Coach Frost talked about that discipline of just the Northwestern football team here coming
3: to Lincoln. Yeah, that's the thing you always respect about Northwestern. They play hard, they're physical, and they don't make mistakes. Um, You know, looking at how this season's played out, I think this is probably as important a game as there is all year for them. I just got to telling the guys I think it's the same for us. I know they're going to come in ready to play um, with where their season is. We have to be ready to play where our season is. Um, I expect it to be a physical game. I I really think the key to the whole game is going to be turnovers. Um, If you look back at last year's game and everything that happened, if we just hadn't given them a strip sack fumble on defense. we, we most likely would have won the game. That was the difference in the game. Uh, these guys don't beat themselves very often. Uh, we have to make sure we do the same. They have a really good defense, so uh, we just have to make sure that uh, even if we're not scoring, we're trying to win the f- field position battle, and a big part of that is not tur- turning the ball over. Turning the ball over is something we talk about in the show all the time,
2: something they address at practice, callers calling about. It, people are probably tired of hearing of it, but it's, it's Ben, the story of this team this year is turning the ball over. Coach Frost expounded on that about taking care of the football.
3: You take care of the ball in practice, you take care of the ball in the game. Um, You know, Last week, they had some special players, and a a couple of the turnovers were just created by really good plays by a couple guys. Um, I didn't think we were careless with the ball. Uh, One sailed throw maybe was careless. Uh, Other than that, we weren't careless with the ball. They just made a play and had one land on them. Um, but it's happened too often to, to say that it's just coincidence. So we, we, we need to be uh, as dialed in to protecting the football as we possibly can on Saturday. It's
1: been a head-scratcher, right? I mean, it was four fumbles at Illinois, one of those being that goofy one that appeared to kind of be a forward pass that came out of Adrian's hand, and you had the, the fumble at the mesh point. J.D. got popped at the end of a long run. Last week, it was the, the picks, and Akuta made a great play on the first one. Uh, and then the, the unfortunate bounce for Nebraska off the fingertips of Wandale and Okuda catches and laying down. And, and the third one was, was a legit poor throw by Adrian or miscommunication between him and a wide receiver. So one week it's fumbles, one week it's turnovers. Whatever it is, it's its got to stop or you can't win games. I mean, Nebraska was fortunate, Ben, to win the game in Champagne with those
2: four turnovers. Absolutely. You know, that it, it will just kill you, you know, whether you're – Inside the opponent's red zone or in your own red zone, they're just, they, they cripple uh, their game changing type plays. And it's something Nebraska needs to learn how to avoid. What about the offense overall? A lot of talk about Northwestern's defense and, and how good that unit is. How about the Nebraska offense and the way that they're going to attack them on Saturday and how they've practiced this week?
3: The guys responded really well. Uh, they had fun with each other this week. I think we improved in practice all week. Um, really good Thursday today. So I think the guys are as familiar with the game plan and as ready to execute it as we've been. We still have to go do it on Saturday, and we have to uh, keep from making mistakes. Don't
1: you think it's easier, Ben, to to put behind you a game like Saturday than the Colorado game, oh, yeah.
2: where you just get your heart ripped out? Without a doubt. I mean, and Mo Berry kind of told us out of the game, "You tip your cap," you know. It, 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 it takes a man to admit when he when they get beat when someone lines up across from you and you get beat. Nebraska got beat, and, and there's no there's no questioning that they were dominated in all three aspects of the game offense, defense, and special teams. But when you're the team dominating for three quarters and you let one slip away on basically three plays on a team that you really really I'm not to say Nebraska didn't really want to beat Ohio State, but a team that you wanted some some blood with with Colorado with what happened last year. There's no doubt that one hurts more, especially the, you know in their house and the way that they celebrated after that game. There's no question. I just know how I reacted. I wasn't over Colorado until about Wednesday. Yeah.
1: I was over Ohio State about the time you and I walked out the front door of Memorial Stadium. I'm like, all right, let's go get Northwestern yeah. next
2: week. Yeah, same way. I mean, you, you were really disappointed with the way the thing ended, but, you know – And how lopsided the score was, but I'm the same way. I mean, I don't even know that I'm over Colorado yet, to be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, You know, I still look at their box scores every week, hoping those guys lose by 30 points. You know, that's the. It's still the same way. It's It's still the same feeling. Two ranked teams already. I know it. Um, but, yeah, no, good, batter or indifferent, you're going to want that one back at the end of the year. What about Nebraska winning the turnover battle? The Huskers were so good at forcing fumbles uh, and good at getting picks really up until last week. They had one in every game. Justin Fields hasn't thrown a pick this year, but winning the turnover battle on Saturday.
3: We need to win the turnover battle, and that's a two-way street. That's the offense taking care of the ball. That's the defense creating some. Um, I think that was a little uncharacteristic of a Northwestern team to, to give up – those scores on offense Um, you know there anytime you're playing with a young quarterback those things can happen I know that the kid they're playing is really talented Um, I have no doubt he's he's gonna have a spectacular career there Um, I've been a first-year quarterback and you have to learn from some mistakes and I think that's probably what happened but he's a really good player Um, we have to be ready to play against whichever quarterbacks playing, but Uh, That's that's not typical of a Northwestern team, and I don't think we can expect it. Northwestern
2: quarterbacks have thrown two touchdowns and seven interceptions on the year. So Nebraska can find a way to take away their running game and make Hunter Johnson, who we're told is full go now, throw the football. I think good things are going to happen. He got smashed once on a, on a blitz that knocked the air
1: out of him. He came back the next series and it looked like he kind of tweaked his knee a little bit and that ended his day and they went with Aiden Smith, a junior in the program, finished out the Wisconsin game and he doesn't have the prettiest delivery, but he got the ball to where it needed to go. So again, I, when I look at Northwestern, I also consider who they played. They played some really good defenses. So Nebraska's got
2: to be prepared to bring in. I'm sure they will on Saturday. One piece to this. Husker offense puzzle that we haven't seen really turn loose yet we saw very little of it early in the year but came in with a lot of praise from his high school coach came from a great program in the northeast part of the country and it quite honestly is playing a position that Nebraska needs help and that's the running back position in Ramir Johnson whose uh, commitment was a, a very welcoming sign come from a college football power in the northeast part of the country coach Frost talked about his freshman running back.
3: Keep saying, Ramirez ready. Um, I think he's been close coming up to this game. I think he's ready now. Um, he's done a good job continuing to work. His speed is a difference for us. It could be a difference maker. So we just have to make, had to make sure he was ready to execute every play and knew the offense well enough not to make mistakes. And uh, his time's coming very shortly. That, that would be really difficult as a coach to see the physical talent and hold back. You know,
2: no, you see the one or two great plays he makes in practice, and you're standing on the sideline when you need an electric play, and maybe you walk by him and go, man, I could really use a, a Ramirez Johnson or whatever big run right here. It takes a lot of probably withdrawal, you know, to to not throw throw him in there. But it's good to hear that he's making progress, and I, and I hope we get to see more of him. You want to redshirt him or not? I think I
1: do. He's played once, so he's got three more he can play with. But I'm with you. I go back
2: to watching him in August and going, wow, he's got electric feet. L- let me ask you this. Let's, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Mo Washington gets hit on his first carry again and gets I, exited out of the game. I play him. You throw him in there, and he rushes for 85 yards on 12 carries. Do you use red shirt now, or do you go, this could be our guy? I think you go ahead and play him. Because you can
1: redshirt next year, or you can redshirt the following year. I mean, redshirts can happen. And that's, I hope people understand that you
2: don't have to do it as a freshman. You can be a redshirt as a sophomore or a junior, whatever it may well, be. With Mo Washington's lack of durability, and and De- Dedrick Mills' his shoulders are taking a beating. They are. right now. At what point, And Wandale can only handle yeah. so much himself. At Great what point. point do you go? Show us what you got, kid. I, I yeah. We may be close to that. You're right. <laughs>
0: Tonight, it's the Nebraska Football Show, right here on the Husker Sports Network.
1: Snap back to Bowers. Now gets rushed, steps up, gets hit, goes down. There's another sack for the Huskers. That's a 47-yard line of Northern Illinois. Carlos Davis, along with Darian Daniels there.
0: A weekly look inside the Cornhusker football program.
1: Back to throw. Looking, now being flushed. Hit, and sack back. plays he's had here. A sack clear back at the 23.
0: Tonight, defensive line coach, Tony Tuioti Snap back to Peters.
1: Straight in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit and goes down. The Huskers get a sack back at the 40-yard line. The Davis twins, Khalil and Carlos, combine on that sack of the Illinois quarterback.
0: Brought to you by Channel Seeds. Find your Channel Seedsman at channel.com. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at buyfordnow.com. Now, here's the host of the Nebraska football show, the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp.
1: Thank you. Welcome to our weekly show tonight. Delighted to have Tony Tuioti in in the house. We'll talk Husker defensive line. Here are the numbers if you want to be a part of this one 866 Husker, 1 866 487 5371. Welcome. First year on the staff, first time you've been up in our studios. Thank yeah. you for making it
4: down here. Well, I'm glad to be in the old school candy factory here, so I appreciate <laughs> you guys having me here. How you doing? How's this transition been for you and your family? Oh, no, it's been great. The family's uh, transitioning well. Wife's finally got everybody on a schedule where everybody's going to school now. And so, you know, when the wife puts up the chore chart, then we're back to normal schedule. So we're at that point now. So, But the kids are doing great with their transition and meeting new friends and into sports now.
1: How do you feel like you've... Um, the guys in your room how do you feel like you feel like they're with you did you did it take a while to transition them to kind of learn your lingo and stuff how's that gone for you uh
4: it's been great you know that that happened in uh, spring ball you know it didn't take too long for them to buy in and we got a great room and i'm very fortunate to have old senior guys that are really bought in and so they were able to bring the young guys along with them so i would say in maybe the fourth practice in the spring ball, where they started really getting into what we're trying to accomplish up front with our fundamental technique. And then um, ever since then, it's been great. So even to this point, the seniors have been uh, doing a great job of just leading the charge for us. So I'm very fortunate to have that group.
1: Through five games, how do you feel like your group's played?
4: Um, You know, obviously, last week wasn't our best. But I would say at four out of five, those guys have been um, been stout up front and been very productive for us. Um, They do a really good job running to the football. The efforts there, and it's that's hard to coach to get guys to play hard for 60 minutes. You know that showed up in the Illinois game. And the biggest thing is trying to preach to those guys to get better and better every week. So I'm very pleased with what with where they're at right now.
1: You came to Lincoln in the spring, so did Darien Daniels, and the guy gets voted a captain. That's right. remarkable. Yeah. That says a lot about him.
4: Yeah, that's amazing. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen often, especially have a school like this with as much tradition as we have here in Nebraska. It says a lot about him, his character. It says a lot about his parents who who raised him. And um, both him and Damian, those guys are awesome. And, um, you know, they're, they're team guys, team first guys. And, you know, to have Darren be named as a captain, when they named him, he was crying. You know, wow. and they meant a lot to him for a big man that's as big as he is he's six three six four three hundred and forty pounds to be tearing up like that um, it meant a lot to him just more so that he's able to serve as his teammates so I'm happy for him that he was able to be named that
1: coach how's he been with his younger brother because sometimes that dynamic might not be good
4: what's it been <laughs> yeah, like it's uh you know I told those guys if they had a reality show they'd probably make a lot of money <laughs> You know, it's constant. They're going back and forth at each other. Uh, Darian does a great job of keeping Damian uh, in line, and he pushes them harder than anybody else. Like, I, I feel like I push the guys pretty hard, but Darren is, is extremely hard on his younger brother. When he doesn't win a rep, he gets on them so hard. Uh, he says, you're my blood brother. You know, you need to win every rep. So it's just awesome to be able to see a brother just love him so much and try to help him grow and develop. But those guys. Back and forth, whether we're in individual period, whether we're in meetings. I mean, it's just constant, nonstop, but it's just great to see that type of love and that unity between those two.
1: One of my best images of the year so far was the goal line stand we had against Northern Illinois and it was Damian who stuffed yeah. one of those plays, it might have been right. the third down play he yeah. stuffed and boy he was excited.
4: Yeah, yeah and that's and that's really in his wheelhouse, you know, to be able to play tackle to tackle and for him to make that type of play for us, that was huge, you know, and that was not only a, a big down for us to win, but that was a, a big down for us to just change the momentum of the game too as well because the very next play we stopped him on fourth down, the defense was fired up and, you know, this game is a game all uh, about momentum and so when you can stop a team at the one yard line and prevent them from scoring a touchdown that's a big momentum shift you know and our offense was able to carry from that so you know there's so many things that we can learn from from game to game and we just got to carry that into this week
1: let's talk about the twins we've talked about them for years because we they committed when they were like juniors in high
4: school and now they're finally seniors both of them playing at a pretty high level right now aren't they yeah very productive um, you know, one of the things I keep thinking about all the time is I only have so many more games with those guys, and we're going to miss them. Yeah. And uh, you know, they produce so much for you know over the years here at Nebraska, and uh, they don't say much. They work really hard. And um, you know they're very twitchy. They're very explosive. They're great in the run game, and in the pass game, both of them have been very effective too as well. You know, not only in sacking the quarterback and pressuring the quarterback, but they've shown some great plays of them running down the field and being able to tackle screens and tackle wide receivers, and that's awesome to see.
1: Really good athletes,
4: both of them. Yeah, great athletes. You got 300-pound guys that can do backflips, and on top of that, they can—they're really great fishermen. So they love to go fishing, and you know, in the whole summer—summer summer workouts. Right after summer workouts, they'd be out in the lake and fishing, and they got their overalls and their their fishing <laughs> boots on. And so, just true, true country kids. So gonna miss those guys, but they're great. They're great to coach, and they're great to have in the building.
1: I need pictures of that. I need to see those. Oh, I will definitely fishing. get it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm yes. stopping by your office. I want to see that. Uh, Some other guys who've been part of your rotation. Ben Stilley, who Coach Frost said today will probably start with Khalil out for this game against Northwestern. And then DeAndre Thomas has given you some good playing play yeah, this year.
4: Yeah, I think our, our, you know, our second group of guys, DeAndre Thomas, Damien, Damien Daniels, and then Ben Steele, those guys have been really solid for us. And, um, you know, I don't see too much of a drop-off for us with having Ben Steele take a bulk of the reps. You know, I had a chance to sit with him yesterday and just tell him that, you know, his load will probably double from what he's been doing so far, and he's ready for it, and he's prepped for it. And he played a lot of reps for us last year, too, as well. So the great thing about having Steele out there is like having another coach. You know, and he can line everybody up. He can make sure that we're all on the same page, and so just looking forward to seeing him go out there and help us win a game. Those
1: three that we just mentioned, they're all back. That's the good news, right? Yeah. you got another year of those guys. Yeah. at least a couple right. for DeAndre. Yeah,
4: they're all back, and DeAndre, and he's DeAndre Stout. You know, DeAndre is somebody that can play inside. They also play outside, and he'll probably play outside for us uh, this Saturday too to help shore up uh, missing KD in the game. So. It'll be interesting to see how he uh, how he's able to produce for us. So those guys getting a lot of reps is really big for us because next year they'll have a lot of bank reps underneath their belt to help us out.
1: With the with Katie's suspension, can you use that as a teaching? Thing for the other guys to say, guys, you can't do this. Yeah, like, is that sure. how you do that? Is that how you handle this thing with those guys? Yeah,
4: you know, I think there's there's so many teaching moments that happen throughout the game, and that's just one of those teaching moments. You know, we're gonna play as hard as we can, but we gotta play within the, the rules of the game, and keep everybody safe from doing that. I love I love the passion, I love mm-hmm. the energy, I love the the competition, but it's all gonna happen within the rules of the game. So that's just another teaching moment for us to share with our players.
1: Let's talk about some young players in the program. Give us an update on Casey Rogers. How's he been doing? Casey Rogers has
4: been doing great. You know, every Friday we do a developmental scrimmage, and he's pretty much dominated every week. And so um, I think he's earned the right to come out and play, and we're, we're looking at trying to use him this week. Um, get him in our rotation and and be able to see what he can do for us. But I'm pretty confident that he'll be able to get out there and and continue to to improve and and do what he's been doing that I've been seeing the last four or five weeks out of him.
1: Another guy that's in that class, Tate Wilderman's a guy that we've not yet seen on the field.
4: Yeah, Tate Wilderman's another young guy that I'm uh, super excited about. He's just continuing to grow and get bigger. He's super long right now. He's about 285. Um, Another young guy I'm really excited about is Mosai Newsome. And uh, he's been doing an awesome job. He came in at about 265, and he's about 285 right now. And uh, Coach duval has been doing a great job with him, but I'm really excited about what he's been able to do for us. Uh, Coach Frost talks about him and Coach and also Ty Robinson uh, down at the scout team and helping out the offense. And I'm just really excited for those young guys because I think they're going to be good for us for years to come.
1: Kinda... Most eyes from Iowa, correct? Yes. And Ty's yeah. a Phoenix kid. Correct. Yeah, good.
4: Ty's big. Ties a big, big boy. frame. Yeah, Ty's big. He came in about three fifteen. He wanted to slim down a little bit. So he's he's kind of Fluctuating in between 298 and 300, so he's moving really well, very strong, uh, big body. But you know, with Coach Duvall getting his hands on him for the next three, four years, he's going to be a monster before it's over with. You need that next wave because you do have a lot of
1: seniors yep. the, in your room.
4: Yep, we got a lot of seniors in our room, and we're going to miss those guys sorely. But I'm I'm excited about the young guys because they got length and they got size that we definitely can bulk up and build up. And you know, in this conference, you got to have guys with some girth, some power. The <laughs> cat and, um, you know, especially in the run game, you know, in this conference, you got to be stout in doing that. And I think we we got a good group of young guys that will be, be able to help us out with that.
1: We did see, for the first time, Keem Green play last week against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. How did he do? And your thoughts about his yeah. development? I think
4: Keem Green's doing a great job. Um, he held his own in the fourth quarter. He pretty much played the whole fourth quarter for us. Um, he wasn't moved around at all. And I thought he played very well and ran to the football very well. Um, we're spending extra time with him after practice, extra time in meetings with him just to catch him up to speed. So we have some more games that we planned out with him that we're going to use him. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be another one that's going to be pretty special before it's all said and done with him because he's 315, 320 pounds right now. And he's got very light feet. He's explosive. He can run. So um, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do for the next couple of years for us.
1: He didn't get here until, I think, second week of August. So he missed a couple of days of camp. He wasn't here for the summer conditioning. So he obviously was behind. Right, right, when he got
4: here. Yeah, he was already behind the eight ball when he got here. I think it was 10 practices behind already. So you're just talking 10 practices. But on top of that, there's meetings. We have two meetings a day, so you – you compound that he's probably been behind the whole spring ball, you know, if it was yeah. if you're looking at spring. So, and he's been doing a great job of, you know, trying to catch up to speed. Coach Tony Washington spends extra time with him too, as well. He's doing a great job helping us coach the defensive line. So, um, I'm excited to see what he's going to do the next time we let him go play for us.
1: You you mentioned the Friday. You 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 take that opportunity to get some young guys, a lot of them freshmen that. The, get some snaps, you scrimmage with them a little bit. How valuable is that for them and for you guys to evaluate them a little bit?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's valuable for them to be able to be in a live situation to tackle, right? Most of our practices are all controlled, so yeah. they don't have any live, live plays to really be able to evaluate those guys. So it's a great opportunity for us to see the young guys go full speed, and it's fun for the older guys to watch the young guys go and play. Oh, I bet there's
1: some hooting oh, and hollering yeah. in oh, there. Yeah.
4: all day long. You know, this trash <laughs> talking on both sides, you know, and we get the, uh, the younger coaches get a chance to call in the defense, and so it's just awesome. It's good fun to see them go out there and compete. But um, you know, I'm really happy with the young guys and how they've been progressing. And I think Casey Rogers in the developmental scrimmages, he's been dominating, and uh, that's why I feel really comfortable with him being able to help us out this week because he's earned the right to do that.
1: What's what's your number for recruiting? Well, what, how many do you want to take for your room? Is it is it been set by Coach Frost, or is it floating? Or where is yeah, that at? It's,
4: it's floating. You know, obviously we're losing five seniors, and uh, you know it's also a great recruiting pitch for us for yeah. the young guys to know that they're going to have an opportunity to try to help us out right away. So it's uh it, it helps us out with the recruiting aspect. So we're still trying to figure out what that number is. You know, it could be anywhere from three, it could be to five. Um, you know, I'm going to try to fight for the highest number sure, I can. Absolutely. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can only sign so many. So, um, you know, we have a plan in place for that, but it's still floating. And you never know with the and what's going to happen or the numbers can change. So I'm just uh, dialed in with Coach Janander and, and also with our recruiting department to make sure we can get the best guys, the biggest guys, the fastest guys we can to help us out up front.
1: Let me ask you a question that we've been asked this week by callers. Last weekend was a huge weekend for recruiting. Game day was here, which was awesome. Night game, which allowed you to get kids from all over the country to fly in here and be a part of it. And then the game didn't go real well. Does that affect a, a negative way for you? If, if, as long as you show them what Nebraska is all about and the passion of the fans, how, how do you balance that? When the game doesn't go the way you want it to go.
4: Yeah. yeah, you know, it was. it's a great recruiting tool because we have the best fans in the country. And the stadium, there's no other stadium that looks like our stadium, especially when they turn the lights on and the phones come on. That's unbelievable. Chills. Yeah, just standing with the guys in the field and just watching all those phones light up. I mean, those are special moments there. And, you know, most of our recruits that were there that night, those were the pictures that they took. The videos that they took is when the lights came off. They'd never seen that before. So we definitely have something to sell for these kids. Um, Obviously, the game didn't go the way that we wanted to, to be able to showcase that. But one of the big draws for a lot of the recruits to come see us is they want to see what game day experience is like. And them leaving after the game and leaving on Sunday the next day when we said goodbye, like those memories are, are deep-rooted into their experience when they came in. So, um, you know, we got, the best, we got the best fans in the country. And, you know, just selling our future of what the program's going to look like with the new facilities coming in, it's going to even be that much more better.
1: There are a couple of people that made it to Denver. I don't know if you saw in, when we played Colorado, there were a few folks wearing red. In the stands for that game,
4: yeah, wasn't that amazing? That was awesome. I've it was never like 50, seen that. 50 almost. I've never seen that on a road <laughs> game. It felt like a home game, and I think that was just another thing that just made it a little bit disappointing. Wishing that we could have pulled that one out for yeah. the fans that travel all the way out there. So, um, I know it means a lot to our guys to represent. Uh, the state of Nebraska and to play as hard as they can. And so, you know, that's how we come back to work on Monday and wash it and just try to reset and try to get a win this weekend against uh, Northwestern.
1: Has this been a good practice
4: team? Does this team practice well in your eyes? Our team practices hard. They yeah. practice really hard. They do everything we ask them to do. Uh, I think we've had a great week of practice this week, you know. Um, it was hard to get over the, the Ohio State game, but they, they handled that like mature young men. And that was the biggest test was, how do you guys respond from this? And I thought they did a great job of practicing well and making sure that we don't repeat the mistakes come this Saturday.
1: Because Coach Frost talked about this a lot last year. You weren't here, but he just said he had to teach this team how to practice the right way, how to do things the right way. And he's noticed a big change. You jumped in in spring, so you kind of got them after they'd been through a right. year of that. So. But you're, because your room's so much veteran dominated. This may not be an easy. This may not be a fair question to ask you because you're not. You've got the oldest room in the in the building. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for I mean, sure. you know, yeah. nobody else has that many seniors yeah, on that no, team. not that
4: many seniors. And I think that's that's a testament to the seniors that we have in the building. You know, they've been through that experience last year. They don't want to repeat that again. And they know what the formula to success is. And you got to practice hard. you got yep. to practice hard. you got to pay attention to the details. And like I tell my players all the time, too, as well, it's not only about how you practice, it's also what type of. Attention you pay in meetings, right? you got to take what you learn in the meetings and bring it out to practice, and then it's executed on Saturday.
1: Yeah. Well, another guy that fits in with us always joins us on Thursday. It's time to talk to Teddy. He's originally from New York, but now
0: calls the second city his home. He prefers seeing a yellow card over an icing call. His choice in pizza is still up for debate, but his knowledge of sports spans from boxing to yachting. Here's the worldly Teddy Greenstein of the Chicago Tribune.
1: Well, you're always a man about town. You were put, tweeting some pictures from the United Center today. What were, you, what were you doing down there?
5: You know, Greg, in this job, we have good days and we have great days. There are really no bad days, I, I don't think. Although when I covered the on Weed Eater Independence Bowl of <laughs> 20 years ago, that was a bad day. But generally speaking, uh, it's gravy, and today um, I ate everything but gravy. They assigned me to go to the United Center to sample the new food items being offered for uh, Bulls and Blackhawks games starting Friday. Um, and it was phenomenal. So I had, you know, every kind of taco you could possibly imagine. Uh, muffaletta, various desserts, brisket sandwiches. It, it's really amazing that I even survived the experience. And then also, the United Center has a giant new video board that's really, really cool. Um, you know, the listeners can check it out at Teddy Greenstein on Twitter if they want to, or just come to the United Center at some point, because uh, it's it's one of the best uh, in the business right now. Like 50 million pixels. Wow. So what they say that means is it's going to be a, a really nice, sharp picture and blind people when
1: they walk in and see that thing <laughs> isn't it crazy hockey's already started they dropped the puck last night around a couple places
5: yeah blackhawks are playing overseas that's a trip i would have liked to make uh yeah i mean they're in Prague. the bears are in london uh northwestern's in lincoln nebraska <laughs> but, uh, I'll, I'll be home checking it all out on, on tv this weekend and really i mean aside from the nebraska northwestern game i'm extremely excited for iowa michigan i mean that is just a huge game on both sides um and we got baseball playoffs i mean this is a tremendous time of year
1: sure is talking about hockey already starting you were covering the the media days along with our ben mclaughlin yesterday for bass college basketball that seems kind of early tom Izzo, Izzo even made a crack about that but here we go and you got a chance to see our the new nebraska coach i'm sure yesterday
5: And, Greg, it is really early, and when I was asking somebody why, they were like, oh, because the Big Ten couldn't rent this out two weeks later. In life, it comes down to money, so I think they probably got a better deal for the season. We're still four weeks away from the season. Anyway, fine with me, and uh, yesterday was a productive session. We wrote a little bit about Northwestern, which is uh, supposed to finish 14th in the Big Ten behind uh, your Nebraska Huskers, which is pretty amazing, considering most people out there can't name one Nebraska player, but they still think they're going to finish better than Northwestern, which lost Derek Barton and Vic Law and finished last, last year. So I can't blame them. The Northwestern players can't blame them. Uh, I, I talked a bunch to, uh, to Fred Hoiberg and, and talked to Gervais Green, the guard, um, about kind of the Italy trip, and uh, I asked if Fred did anything funny on the trip. At last time of the final exhibition game, when Fred got really angry, he cut his thumb. Fred said, you know, he's on blood thinners because of the heart issues. So he said he was bleeding all over the place. And Jervé Green said, uh, you know, they they, they kind of wanted to chuckle because Fred's just, it's so rare when he gets angry. So when they see it, 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 it seems kind of contrived. I know that happened also with the Bulls. But uh, that was kind of funny. Obviously, when Fred talked about uh, Rick Ross, the, the opening night concert, and he said that almost you know, made his pacemaker explode. <laughs> a lot of heart issues out there. But Fred was good. Uh, good to see him back in the area. Also talked to uh, Tom Izzo and a bunch of Michigan State players. I talked to Richard Patino about uh, likeness issues. That's obviously a, a, a big, big deal, kind of dominating college sports right now. So certainly got a lot of stuff there.
1: Spartans have a chance to be the preseason number one. I think that should be a heck of a team that Izzo has this year
5: amazing team when you think about Aaron Henry and Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston. It's just so rare that, you know, we can even think back to three or four or five players on a team like that. I mean, you think about Duke and all the good players leave after one year. Occasionally they stay for a second year. Um, You know, the point guard there is going to do that Trey Jones, but like with Michigan state, I mean, we know all these guys, like we've really been watching them And one of the things they talked about was um, they decided as a team to turn off Twitter. They have, they have planned. They are not going to consult. They're not going to check out Twitter at all the entire season, you know, in the vein of they shouldn't spend, be spending time worrying about what people think of them. Don't read the replies. So, so the idea is stay off Twitter, use that time for, for team bonding or to get better at basketball or Hey, maybe uh, you know, maybe academics.
1: Probably a pretty good piece of advice here. Teddy <laughs> Greenside, with us from the Chicago Tribune. All right, you alluded to it, the Cats of Northwestern coming to Lincoln. Boy, they put up a pretty good fight against the Badgers last week. They played tremendous defense in that game. What was your takeaway from that one?
5: The defense was exceptional. Um, you know, Wisconsin scored 24 but only had one offensive touchdown. Northwestern ended up making, the, you know, the score respectable. At the end, the final was 24-15, so it was really weird because Pat Fitzgerald went for two when they were down by 15, and then he again went for two when they were down by nine. And they ended up, you know, they're down they're down nine points with the ball and basically no chance to tie the game. When, if they just kicked two extra points, they would have been down seven. So a lot of Northwestern fans were howling about that. Pat Fitzgerald said it was uh, an issue of, analytics which is what every coach falls back on now you know the old line used to be we have to look at the film the new line is it's it's all about the analytics uh it it, it seems to run counter to common sense but whatever that's that's their new thing uh the northwestern offense meanwhile is uh, arguably the worst in america pat Pat 40 showed me that he had in his column and i mean think about this Northwestern has passed for two touchdowns and thrown seven interceptions. Mm. Ohio State has 16 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. That's when you know you're going bad. So uh, the running game is semi-decent with Drake Anderson, who's pretty quick, although he had issues with blitz pickup last week. Isaiah Bowser is the, the big, t- st- uh, stronger, tougher guy, but he's he's kind of had a knee issue. So uh, Hunter Johnson, the quarterback, should be healthy. I don't know if that's the good news or bad news for Northwestern. but legit the defense is fantastic it's rated i think 11th in the country
1: sure is and the way these two teams have battled over the last seven eight years we know it's going to be a close game you alluded to it earlier iowa michigan can't wait to watch this game at 11 on saturday a lot of pressure on harbaugh and michigan isn't there for this one
5: yeah there's so much pressure on both sides i mean iowa i think has won seven straight games overall obviously dating to last season and has looked wonderful this season although obviously barely got by iowa state and you know, Iowa's detractors say, okay, well, they played only one real opponent in the Cyclones, and, and that was that was a struggle. But, I mean, this, this Iowa offense, I know it's only Middle Tennessee State, but I mean, I think it was 644 yards of offense last week, and three guys rushed for 90, and Nate Stanley looks good. You know, flip side, obviously, Michigan has been a disaster, except for when it plays Rutgers. But a lot of people are picking Michigan and I think it's purely because they're playing at home and Harbaugh is so so much better at home and he's better, you know, when his team is favored. And he's got that going for him. But you know what, man? I I really think it's going to be Iowa. Iowa has looked great, and uh, they should not get flustered playing in the big house. I mean, I know the Wolverines' record is way better, but it's not an intimidating play. We should be fine there, and uh, I I really would like to see the Hawkeyes play great. Boy, if you're right,
1: there are going to be some wolves out in Ann Arbor. If Jim drops that game, holy cow.
5: Right, because this was supposed to be the year. So if they already have – two losses by October 5th. I mean, think about, think about that. Think about another year where, you know, your rival Ohio state is, is seemingly dominant. I mean, think about what the point spread, you know, the, the, the before season point spread would have been on that game, you know, Ohio state at Michigan, Michigan probably would have been favored by six or seven points. When you think about Ohio state with a new coach and new quarterback in the game being played at the big house. And if they were played tomorrow, even in Ann Arbor, it would be I don't know, Ohio State minus 10 or something like that. I mean, the Buckeyes have just been the most dominant team, top 10 offense, top 10 defense, the only team in America with that. And, uh, you know, Michigan, we have no idea what offense they're running or, or whether they're going to hang on to the ball. So, yeah, it it, it could get ugly there if, uh, if Michigan loses. And then think about this. I mean, Michigan is still at Penn State, home for Notre Dame, home for Michigan State, home for Ohio State. That's a team that could certainly go seven and five. Ooh boy!
1: You mentioned the Buckeyes; they do host the Spartans. Do the Spartans have any any chance Saturday night?
5: I don't see any chance of winning. I mean, I just did my picks against the spread, and and twenty and a half is is too much for me. I mean, that I think you gotta you gotta take the points with that defense, and it just seems like Justin Fields. I mean, assuming he you know is a red blooded human being, he's got to have some flaws. I mean. That team is so incredible, but there has to be an off week, and Michigan State can make you look bad. Now, flip side, obviously the Spartans' defense really got taken to the shed by Indiana last week. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. completed 20 consecutive passes. That was an awesome job by Indiana. Easily could have won that game. Uh, but, you know, the Michigan State defense, the other every other Saturday has been, has been rock solid. So, you know, that's a game where you, you see it being 27-10, 27-14, something like that.
1: Very good. Well, enjoy your weekend at home, and we'll chat again next Thursday.
5: Thanks, Greg. Be well, buddy.
1: Well, something we're going to debut for the first time ever in the history of Nebraska athletics is a non-English broadcast of Husker football on Saturday. And one of the broadcast members is joining us now, Oscar Monteroso who's going to be a part of the broadcast crew. Oscar, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Are you excited about this opportunity?
6: Well yeah it is uh, it is exciting to to be able to call the the Nebraska. It's um game is going to be I mean we 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 were kind of like lost in words about what we're going <laughs> to you know cuz it, it's a really exciting to to be part of, of of what the Nebraska Huskers are doing uh especially with you know with the with the football you know with uh with el, el rojo you know that we will say that in in Spanish you know the red football right so we are excited to be part of it.
1: You and Enrique currently do uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. How long have you been doing their broadcasts?
6: Well, we uh, realized this year coming out with a 60 years logo for the Kansas City Chiefs that uh, we've been doing it for 10 years. Wow! Last time we figured it out, well, well last time that we got um, that we started doing it, we got a jersey with a 50 on it, and he had the 50 years on it. So we kind of look at each other and we're like, "Oh, we've been doing this for ten years now." So, but with uh, Tico Sports, we've been doing it since uh, 2016.
1: Very good. Tico Sports will be uh, the, in partnership with this broadcast that that uh, will be brought to uh, Nebraska with Oscar and Enrique on Saturday night. Uh, did you grow up a football fan? Or were you a big sports fan growing up? Give me just
6: give me some of your your background. Well, the, um, being a, a sports fan, it was more about soccer. Uh, growing up in Central America, you know, Costa Rica and Guatemala, it was more about soccer, which it was, you know, the World Cup was a was a big thing for for us. Uh, football, um, um, Americano, you know, football Americano, we uh, I actually started getting into it when I got back in. Well, when I got to United States, one of the opportunities I had to uh, work for one of the networks. It was Telemundo. It was in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, it was my first time that I got to cover. Um, uh the it was the, the Saints, the New Orleans Saints. Um uh, the Alamo Dome. That's when they were when there was um I think it was Katrina that happened and they had to move out from their home from the Mercedes Dome. They had to go out to to San Antonio and that's when I started getting more involved with, with football. Um and I, I was not really a fan of it, but slowly you started getting the hang of it, started understanding it. And that's when when you start realizing, wow, this this sports is it's a lot of a tragedy. It's a lot of a good, um, um, like a ch- like playing chess, you know. So I really got into learning more about it, um, and that's when I started really enjoying it.
1: Fantastic! Again, we're visiting with Oscar. Montaroso, who will be a part of the broadcast crew for the first ever Spanish language radio broadcast of Husker football on Saturday night. It'll be heard in Omaha on 97.7 and Grand Island 93.3. Oscar, uh, Nebraskans are crazy about their football team, kind of like a lot of Chiefs fans are in Kansas City. How much fun you having covering that team right now and how good is Patrick Mahomes?
6: Oh well, I mean you know that uh, Patrick Mahomes is 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 the is the homie right now <laughs> is the is the one that is bringing the 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 fire right here to Arrowhead uh this uh the uh, you know the Red Sea. So in in the in the Hispanic community, you know, I mean it is it, is growing the 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 fan days as well, you know. Uh the fans in Mexico is is, is pretty big. They are following Mahomes and they are they are, they are, they are they're really excited about this year too, um, and and having them here, you know, calling those games, being able to to see all the records that he's uh, breaking together with the Chiefs, you know, it's um, it's pretty amazing. It's, it's amazing being part of this. You know, um, we know that uh, back in the in, in about five years ago, when when Andy Reid uh, was being brought back to to the Kansas City Chiefs he mentioned, you know, yes we have a we we have a good team here. We got something going on but you know it's gonna take a couple of years before we actually are uh, Super Bowl contenders and, and we're about that time, you know. I think that uh that the, the 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 years that he was mentioning are going into completion and last year we were one way one game away from, from the Super Bowl. And uh this year we're hoping there's gonna be no one one game away but we're gonna be there. So it's uh it's exciting to call the games, it's exciting to be you know with with Kike when he when he goes and 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 is able to to scream the anotación in a very, very distinctive way. And you'll be able to listen to that, you know, when we're doing the Nebraska game.
1: Fantastic. Well, Oscar, we certainly appreciate you giving us a little bit of time. I hope you're excited about this. Memorial Stadium can be a lot of fun to be at, and I think you're going to enjoy the atmosphere. It's a, a little bit like the Chiefs games, but, uh, a little but with kind of a co- collegiate flair to it. So I hope you're excited about this.
6: Yeah, we are. We are really excited, and we're looking forward to to be uh, there. Um and, and be part of this celebration uh, on Saturday.
1: Well, we appreciate you taking some time again. Thank you so much.
6: Uh, thank you very much.
1: Thanks to Ben, to Tim, to Mick, to all of you for being a part of this one tonight. Tomorrow night, we'll have our Big Ten picks. We'll play part of our Cornusker conversation this week with DiCaprio Boodle and here from Ian Rappaport, the NFL Network. Have yourself a great night. Talk to you again tomorrow. Good night.